Welcome to today's installment of How You Can Too with your host, your boy, Alvy Danny Thompson, a.k.a. Mr. You Can Too. I have an incredible show set up for you today. Today's guest is the one, the only, the incredible Matt Coleman. Matt is a professional athlete, coach, entrepreneur, and honestly, he's just a fucking amazing individual. I've known Matt since late 2015, and we have had an incredible relationship these last four and a half, five years. Every time I look at Matt, I feel like I'm looking in the mirror. It's crazy how many commonalities we have and how much love I have for that person. Enjoy this episode. It's a special one. Let's get it. Me, Matt Coleman, a.k.a. Coach Coleman, a.k.a. Matty K., a.k.a. He'll probably dunk on you. Be careful. <laughs> What's good, my guy? How you feeling? Hey, brother, man. It's a, it's a real pleasure to be on here, man. I'm feeling great. Feeling excited. Feeling uh, ready to uh, share some perspective, nonetheless. A hundred percent. Let me give a little background to Matty K. So Matt and I met towards the tail end of 2015. And as I've gotten to know Matt more and we have became just brothers, honestly, I literally feel like I'm looking in a mirror when I look at Matt. Matt is a phenomenal human being, phenomenal coach, and he just shows up so powerfully for everybody that he comes into contact with. And I'm very honored to call Matt a friend. He works in the, man, Matt, maybe I'll just let you introduce yourself. I mean, you're in the sports performance. You're a professional athlete now. You are an entrepreneur. There's just so much to talk about. But Matty K, how would you describe yourself? And um, I thought you were doing so so well with that, uh, and I appreciated it. Um, you know, I would say I get a little bit offended, uh, you know, with the stereotypical trainer tag. Uh, or coach tag. Um, it's hard to uh, fully label it. Uh, I'd like to think now on the human health, human optimization, um, more that kind of spectrum of things. Uh, anybody that I'm around, I'm not necessarily only trying to tap into their physical development or athletic development. It's more so, you know, the holistic um the holistic development and everything that goes into that. And I'm certain that we'll dive into some of those things with some of your uh, excellent questioning. My guy, my guy. And I love the distinction that you brought up there because I feel very much the same where I just feel like trainer and coach is just too short. It doesn't really embody what it is that we do. And we're very much in the same that we don't only focus on the physical side, but it's also equally the emotional side the mental side the spiritual side being part of something that's bigger than us and man when I watch the work that you're doing now what I really want to dive into first is the work you're doing with the middle schoolers so you have elite athletes middle school aka the togethership and I would love to you love for you excuse me to talk about what that's been like this year So I would say, I'll start off by saying that this has been one of the more rewarding endeavors, probably the most rewarding career endeavor that I've, um, you know, embarked upon, Uh, you know, working with the range of humans and athletes and people that I've been around over the past, 
you know, I guess almost a decade. Um, it was this past summer, and uh, my partner Devin um, was, you know, letting me know about the concept. And I remember, you know, having some real deep dives of conversations, and I was looking at a couple opportunities after, um, you know, after my career had taken a turn, and I, I had left Mamba and being Mamba's uh, football director, it became an opportunity for me to, you know, narrow narrow my focus. And I didn't didn't necessarily know exactly what that was going to look like when I first jumped into it. But I did know that, um, you know, starting a program that, yes, is a school um, and being able to build throughout the course of a day um, kind of a restructure of your traditional education system, let alone um, how young athletes are spending their time. You know, I've seen it for so many years in terms of kids, kids, especially elite athletes who, you know, they'll go to school all day. And, you know, a lot of the times it's, it's doing things that they don't want to do for those first six hours of the morning, um, which is another topic. But then they, you know, will go to practice and then likely they'll go to Culver City to find a speed coach, up to Thousand Oaks to find a strength coach, and then go do some more sports-specific work uh, with another coach. And I've just seen that all too often um, in the field, especially out here in Southern California, um, to where this concept of being able to have basically a one-stop shop where we're not only addressing all the physical stuff and all the athletic development in the mornings, you know, between the basically 8, 8.30 a.m. to noon block, um, we're also able to, you know, divide out some time to do the mental, physical, or the mental, spiritual, and emotional um, development and, you know, really pour into those aspects. And, you know, when I say, just circling back on me saying that this has been the most rewarding endeavor, um, watching these kids develop, uh, listening to them speak, watching them introduce themselves to other humans, hearing other people that come and, you know, be a part of the togethership, whether it be for a day or, you know, a week or a combine program and hearing their feedback on, man, you guys have some great kids. That, that to me is, is a very rewarding and satisfying feeling because I really could care less. Yes, it's geared towards athletics. And I think my partner, Dev, would say the same thing. We could care less if a single one of our kids it becomes a pro athlete. You know, if that's what they want to do, then that's what we'll set the intent to do. And we'll, we'll build habits around how they can potentially get there. But those habits will translate into um, every other thing that they're – every other direction their life may take them. They'll have steady habits to fall back on that can allow them to be successful. So, you know, that's – that's a little bit on why it's been the most rewarding endeavor, but I'm certain that we can kind of dive down more specific things. But yeah, I mean, for yeah, that's yeah, I can tell it's super exciting, and it's really amazing to me how you've taken the traditional school system where you know you look nowadays, especially here in South Florida, there's schools that don't even have recess anymore; they don't have PE. And for you to actually start a program where kids can come and they can focus on not only high level academics and high level athletics, but 
how to be overall better human beings. And whether they become a pro athlete or not, it doesn't matter because they're going to be pro human beings. <laughs> like they're going to be pro adults and they're going to know how to interact with people, how to play team, how to be compassionate listeners, how to work hard, right? Like things that people our age, and I know I can speak for myself, like things that I still strive to do every day as a 31 year old. So I really want to commend you on that. I know you say right now you feel like you're experiencing your most fulfillment in terms of your job and like what you're doing in terms of like your impact and making money and all of that. What would you say it is about what you're currently doing versus so many of the other roles that you've played like director of football at the Mamba Academy, RIP Kobe, where you went from seeing some of the best of the best athletes in the world, some of like the 0.1 percenters at their sport, to now working with younger kids who have a lot of the same hunger and work ethic as these pro athletes, yet this is so much more rewarding. I would love for you to touch on that. Man, that is a great question. And I think I think something that is subconsciously on my mind you know, daily, I would say. And it's a challenge. Like that specific um, thing is a challenge for me personally. And I would say for how I personally um, inject my ability to process that thought and then turn it into energy for the kids. Because for me, you know, I spent my 20s um, kind of being in, whether I wanted to admit it or not, and I think you and I kind of touched on this the other day, but basically being in kind of that ego sports performance guy that wanted to, you know, be with the, the world's best athletes and so that I could, you know, put the next guy on my Instagram. Whether I ever wanted to admit that or not, I'm now finally coming to terms with the fact that I can respect a sixth grader who is fully committed to something as much as I can respect a pro athlete who is also fully committed to something and those roles can be completely switched. You know, I've seen college guys and high-level high school guys and even even some pro guys who aren't necessarily as committed as some of our middle school kids. And so to really kind of circle it back to your question, it it's, man, like if I, I often think about myself and it's not an easy thing uh, for me to always, you know, go back and say, well, I built this school because – if I was your guy's age, I would want to go back to it, which is true. And that's semi a part of it because I, I think about that all the time. I'm virtually when I'm talking to these kids, I'm talking to a mirror because I'm still trying to live by the principles and living. I corrected myself with that trying word, uh, living wow. by yeah. basically we're practicing what we're preaching. And I can, I can say that for Devin and myself and Leah and Greta and all of the people that have been involved, what our true belief is and what I've actually had the privilege of experiencing with many kids throughout the past decade is starting with them in middle school. And now I have so many relationships with kids that are in college now. And the things that we were talking back then, yes, this is six, seven, eight years ago now. So not as evolved as where we are currently, but they will always and forever remember not even, not the workouts. Yeah, they'll remember them, but they remember the conversations. 
and they remember just even like a protein shake recipe that they've taken with them for eight years mm -hmm. and they keep making the peanut butter chocolate protein shake, you know, like little things like that, where now at being a little bit, you know, more evolved and a little bit more experienced, you know, seven, eight years later, and now being able to inject some of the things that I've seen from the top 1%, you know, of athletes that you're referring to and being able to work and integrate with those guys and also, you know, maintaining that for myself, being able to inject all of that into the kids and then seeing it be reciprocated without having to ask, there's never been anything more rewarding than that, ever. And, you know, we've got kids that have put on 20 pounds and it's not about just bulking, but they put on 20 pounds in four months and the right kind of 20 pounds. And then like I'll pull up or me and Dev will pull up to school at 8.15 or 8.20 and we've got six, seven kids out there literally lying on the field meditating or doing some joint mobility stuff and getting themselves ready for the day without really having to ask them. They're just taking those things and building it into their own you know, habits and lifestyle and enjoying it. So I, I think that answers your question. You know I can ramble. <laughs> Bro, I mean, that, it's so powerful how just by you and Devin being source, meaning that, like you said, walking your talk, showing these kids what it could be like to prepare at the highest level, and then to show up at the school and to see seven or eight kids in the grass, earthing, meditating, prepping themselves for the day as 12, 13, 14-year-olds is astounding. And, and I hope it's something that you really get to celebrate and appreciate because it, I work with middle school kids, not at the same level you do, but once a week, my boy Jeremy and I, we volunteer at Olson Middle School in Hollywood, Florida. And man, the story I tell myself is because a lot of these kids don't have just super positive people letting them know what's possible and what they can do. They don't even know it's available to them. It's like they don't know what they don't know. And Jeremy and I go in there and we talk about push-ups and we talk about eating healthy and we talk about accountability and honestly telling them that they're capable of anything that they truly believe that they can do. And it's a message that they get some of them maybe only once a week for an hour. And to have a school that you started with Devin and are able to instill those types of messages and other ones literally five days a week. We're talking about hours upon hours upon hours, especially when you think about a whole school year. Like that's unbelievable. Like I can only imagine when we look you know, 15 years from now and all these people are well into their adult life and seeing how that's showing up for them. And they're going to approach life in such a way where they're going to think anything's possible because of what they see you and Devin doing. So like, yo, big, big props to you. That's amazing. Thank and, you, man. That's bro, a true compliment. Yeah. No, 100%, bro. When all this quarantine's over, taking a nice flight over to the West Coast and checking it out. Yeah, you know I mean? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Now, something that y'all don't know about Matt is that Matt is a fucking athlete. Matt, like Matt is is Matt. You can drop him on like any planet, 
and they could be playing a sport, and I guarantee you he will not be close to one of the worst ones on the court. You can literally drop him in anything. Speaking of randomly dropping into sports. Soccer, maybe. I can't claim soccer, bro. I can't. I had to cut you off. I can't do it. Not with that attitude, you can't, but I'm sure you could. <laughs> talk, talk to me a little I bit longer. I got you feel like Pele out there. You feel me? for it. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a game on this side. But honestly, like Matt, so you just, I'm going to put it lightly. You just started taking up handball recently. How long ago was that when you started playing handball? This was last August was my first official handball practice. So last August, and we're in March right now of this recording. So we're talking about seven months ago. Yeah. Roughly. Roughly seven months ago, you had your first official handball practice. Correct. Okay, seven months ago. Now let's fast forward to right now in the present moment. What can you... First, tell me what you accomplished in that uh, handball activity and just give us a background on like where you were, who you were playing with, you know, representing things like that. Um, I, that's a great question, too. Um, seven, seven months later. Yeah. So it uh, man, it's funny because when you play a beach sport, it for me, whenever I, my feet touch the sand, I become a kid again it's just something happens and i want to run around in circles and make jump cuts and like run 100 percent and decel and then run 100 percent and go the other way without ever really decelling like i just want to go so it started off as just fun and there was a connection with one of my longtime friends uh nate who's played on the shout out to nate man shout out to nate ebner he's always provided me with plenty of inspiration um He's on the – he actually just signed with the Giants uh, a couple days ago but was on the Patriots for quite some time and played on the U.S. Olympic rugby team. And I don't mean to mull over this, but for the sake of time, um, Nate and I grew up together and there was a, a just a Team USA connection where I was then able to connect with ABA, who is one of the captains on the squad and what I would say – uh, I would label ABA as a pioneer in the sport. And, man, all of my teammates have been incredible from the start. I'll never forget the feelings of the first practice where, you know, I, I remember ripping my first shot. And I'm like, man, I, this feels like it's a little close, you know, like I'm only six meters out. And I didn't even know that it was actually six meters until probably four months into, my, I guess, my my pro athlete career. Um but I'll never forget, man, the goalie, Brian, shout out to Brian, um, at the time was like, man, hey, bro, you're with us. Like after my first shot, first shot. And that was that was just such a welcoming feeling. And him and everybody else on the team from the very start um, was just welcoming me with open arms and teaching, helping me learn, teaching me, you know, teaching me about arm slots and how to maneuver. It's a crazy sport. It's a very high tempo and fast paced sport. And it's a lot more technical than you would think just coming out and watching it. You don't understand that, you know, it's a game of angles and it's a game of precision mm-hmm. and timing. And so I'm, I'm just now starting to kind of tap into that. And we have, you know, team film sessions and I'm kind of, I'm kind of all over the place 
But back to your yeah, well, question. Well, well, real, well, real quick, because it seemed like you glossed over this. Can you let us know what team you play for? Oh, uh, did I? Shit. Uh, shoot. Uh, you kind of you said it, but you kind of glossed over. Who do you play for, Matt? Okay, I I am on the USA Beach handball team, and I had a moment a few days ago uh, that was my official uh, Team USA profile. So if you need verification that this is true, you can go to TeamUSA.org and search <laughs> Matt Komen, and I'm an official Team USA athlete, which is a very humbling, gratifying I could think of a lot more feelings that I've had um, feeling. Um, it truly is. And I didn't know. You know, I went out to practice, and I didn't know exactly how it was going to go. Actually, I'll, I'll take it back to that. I think this is important to note. Um, I remember, and I've talked to the school about this, it, just the feeling and the concept of the unknown. And I think we can circle back to this, this topic and talk about what's going on in the world later. But the fear of the unknown, I remember pulling up to Hermosa Beach where the team practices and, you know, I parked my car and I'm walking up to where I, you know, I thought I saw them set up and I had never met any of these guys before in person. And I'm looking at them and I'm looking at the nets and I'm like, okay, I guess that's them. But I had this, this moment in time where I'm like, what am I doing right now? Like, I'm thinking to myself, like, Oh, you've never played this sport in your life and like clearly these guys these guys take this serious and I don't think it was a it was a feeling of me not being um, confident in my athletic ability but it's just that fear of the unknown that we all have to kind of learn how to embrace in every moment I mean ultimately I'm embracing it right now just answering your questions on my first ever podcast you know these are unknown feelings wow. that we're that we're discovering yeah. so I stepped, I stepped over the line and I went out there and had some fun and practice and, um, you know, every, every rep, every single rep when they're like, all right, Matt, you're going to get the ball and you're going to take three steps and you're going to do a 360 and you're going to try to shoot it in the far side of the goal with the defender jumping and trying to block you and the defender 6'4", 225 with tats all over him. You know, like, I'm like, all right, cool, like. But at the same time, you, you it's it's a half and half because you're thinking about it like, whoa, I have to do a 360 in the sand, and as I'm falling down to the sand, shoot it in the far post. It's a lot. It's a lot to process. So those were really fun for me. I, I think now being a little older and being 31 and being a little more mature, not very mature, but a little more mature than you know I was in my younger 20s and mid-20s, I'm able to kind of process those feelings in the moment and – embrace them and allow that kind of fear to turn into just like energy and, and love. And, and that's taken, that's taken a lot of time. And I'm still, I think every day working on that. Um, so yeah, I don't know if we got on topic or not, but you know, man, nah, that that's powerful. And I love what you said there at the end about taking the fear and using it as energy or love. That's huge. That's really amazing because I think about fear and my favorite definition or acronym of fear I got from Zig Ziglar and he coined it as false evidence appearing real. So pretty much as a person or say myself, I, I have fear over something. I'm literally just making up a story about what is coming up 
what it is that I think is going to happen, get scared or worried about it, and now let that dictate if I even show up and do it or not. And what I realized is like, wow, Zig was spitting that fire when he's like, yeah, it's false evidence appearing real. We're taking something that's not even there and letting that possibly deter us, right? Yet for you, for you, to use your words, you stepped over that line, you stepped on the sand, and now just give me your latest result of when you play. Because right, because you in seven months, right, you made the USA sand. Is it sand handball team or how would you technically how would you say beach? It? Beach, yeah. <laughs> beach. Appreciate that. <laughs> Ju- judges weren't going to take sand. Beach <laughs> handball team representing the country. And you recently just came back from a tournament, right? I did, yes. About five weeks ago, um, I went and competed yeah. with uh, Team USA for the first time in the uh, ABA or Coach Henson, forgive me if I butcher this, but uh, Playa de Vulcan uh, de Internacional in Manzanillo, uh, Colima, Mexico. And first, I love Mexico. I think that's important to say in case my wife listens to this. Um Course. But yes, I had shout out to Kristen. Yeah, shout out to Kristen. Um, I had the opportunity, the lovely and amazing opportunity to travel uh, with Team USA and um, talk about fear of the unknown, man. You know, like I, I get to Mexico and I actually, you know, had the privilege of riding on the plane with one of my teammates, Raj, and uh, my coach, Coach uh, Michael Henson, and uh, we got to connect and get to know each other and get to know each other's stories a little bit, which was very important because I hadn't spent that much time with him. You know, I had only done about maybe seven or eight practices in the fall. And then I got out to a few, you know, in the start of the year uh, to prepare for, for the tournament. Um, But everybody on the team, this is a sidebar, but everybody on the team has full time careers. I mean, we have an amazing unit of humans that are, scattered all over the world and that's a that's a topic for another day but it all kind of plays into the points that i'm about to make in terms of you know showing up to mexico having no idea what to expect zero idea and i'm not you know i'm not calling my teammates like freaking out like hey uh you know how should i how should i go about this or how should i go about that i'm just rolling with it i'm rolling with it and so you get down there and i think it was in the airport that we were mid conversation and coach Henson uh, asked me if I would be willing to do and lead the team meditation before the tournament. And this was before I had even played a game. And is that something the team normally does? Like y'all always have a team meditation? Yes. I was told that that is something that typically happens. And um, one of our teammates, shout out to Willard. I don't, I have not met Willard yet. But, you know, everybody knows each other on social media and stuff. And I know that he's in literally in Tibet um, creating uh, sport and culture um, with, uh, with a very small village out there. Like I said, we have an amazing wow. cast of characters on the squad. That, that is amazing. I guess, I, guess like I, re- I uh, relieved him of the meditation role because he couldn't make it down to the, uh, the tournament in Mexico. So it worked out. And nice. I'm just taking it back to a little bit of my mindset kind of going into that because, you know, still I, I don't really know my teammates personally that well. We had, you know, run around on the beach um, a couple handfuls of times before you know, playing and representing our country. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, I'm walking around 
the town a little bit on my own and just trying to, uh, you know, I know you hate the word trying. I, I was really collecting my thoughts. On- Wait, real, real quick. Let, let me stop you there because the, the, the audience doesn't know why I, and I don't hate anything, but I'm not a big fan of the word try. Oh, yeah, that's another topic, because, yeah. Yeah, because try doesn't exist. So if you hear Matt, because Matt is just a student of the game, so like <laughs> he caught himself saying try. There is no try. You just do or you don't do. Shout out to Yoda. Yes. My bad, Matt. I didn't mean no, to I'm glad you did because that's an important thing. Um, so I'm walking around the town and I'm collecting my thoughts and I'm like, okay, I would love to just present a perspective that, you know, hopefully can leave an impact and energize this group of, of men and, and guys and humans. Um, and so, you know, I, I hit them with my, my best, uh, my best sauce, which was really just me in that moment. And I think that that's what I pretty much discussed was just being present, being with our breath and then building out from there. Um, and that was quite the honor and, and thanks and shout out again, coach Henson. I mean, that was quite the honor to be able to lead the team in meditation before we even competed together. Um, that was really cool, man. Um, and then, you know, a couple hours later, uh, coach Henson is giving his, you know, pregame speech. And that's when it really hit me. You know, that's when it really hit me that this was real when he presented the thought and idea and concept that, a lot of people that are in Manzanillo right now are <laughs> are never going to come to America. And they're never going to deal or interact with other Americans or maybe just a small handful. And so when you put this USA jersey on, it's not just about you. It's about your entire country that you're representing and how these people see you and feel you and are able to communicate with you is how they're going to feel about America and the country that we are representing. And that right there, man, that was powerful. And I hadn't had that pregame feeling in so long, man. Like men's, mm. men's league basketball is not the same. You know, I've had plenty of different competitive outlets throughout the past decade, but you know, it really goes all the way back to being a college athlete um, that I've had that kind of pregame pregame nervousness um and that's when it sunk in and i'm like man let's go you know let's go and i found myself you know before the game after the speech and before the game um finding my own zone and i got into my own meditative practice which i didn't plan for that i just kind of you know naturally allowed myself to um move how i felt right moving and i went out to the beach for a second and just you know, caught my bearings and, and got my mind right before competing for our country. And, and man, what an experience that was. Yeah. We, uh, I learned every play, every play there was fear in, uh, in making a mistake, but that fear was really just like turned into fun with like being out there and knowing that I had never played in a live beach handball game in my life. It practices, we don't play games. And a lot of the times we don't, necessarily even scrimmage we're doing a lot of drill work and a lot of technical work and just a lot of defensive positioning and things like that so the game the in-game adjustments are insane and plus your adrenaline is going and so man it's a it's a whole nother set of emotions and feelings to have to deal with but i i felt like man being a little older i was able to tap into a layer 
and a level of calm that I've been, I guess, I guess preaching, quote unquote, preaching to athletes for the past decade. And I don't, I don't preach it because um, I think it's going to work, but quite the amazing transition that I now, for the first time in a decade, get to in-game actually practice what I'm preaching. So the reward in that is very hard to put into words, I'll say. Wow. I mean, that's amazing. And there's so many gems in there to unpack. I mean, one, I'm literally, it's like I'm floored. I'm not surprised, but I'm like just floored when I really sit back and think like my boy Matt off of a connection that he has with one of his boys in the matter of seven months goes from stepping on the sand to practice beach handball for the first time in his life to seven months later representing his country in an international tournament leading the team meditation and just getting the opportunity to go out there and for you to just literally practice what you preach you know what i mean like to be able to go out there get yourself centered meditate share that with others and just get yourself in that mindset and then literally just go out there and have fun you know what I'm saying? Like, with the, I think that childlike wonder and like freedom is something that we're missing as adults. That's the story I tell myself is that we are missing that as adults. And as you go about this and you play this international game at the highest level after only playing it for seven months because you're just a monster, I had to make sure I slid that in there. <laughs> that you get the opportunity to go out here and literally just have fun represent at the highest level and and it shows me like what's possible and i can only imagine what it shows all of your middle schoolers who essentially saw you because you stayed ready because you always were in this field and you're working on bettering other people so you're obviously working on bettering yourself so there's already a level of readiness there that after about a decade damn near 10 years you go from pick up basketball to represent your country at a high level it's fucking nuts (laughs) and it's also amazing it's amazing and it's nuts. oh man thank you for saying that and and one last thing i want to touch on just kind of with the the thoughts on like the in-game play and you know watching being able to be around you know my teammates and watching how you know they act and are in between points after they miss a shot, make a shot, um, make a turnover, whatever the circumstance is. And being able to now like step outside of my my body for a second and look at the situation as a whole, I, I truly felt like that level of calm in competition. And it, it just comes from years of like, whether it be, you know, studying or reading or, or listening to people that I respect and admire um, or watching, you know, like you said earlier, watching the highest level athletes and how they prepare and how they practice and then how that translates into the game. I felt like it was just a collaborative perspective that I was able to, in, the, in those moments, um, just find 
what I always preach back to that find what I always preach and that's that that feeling man is oh, I guess now uh, at the center of what we're teaching and this is kind of an on the spot and on in the moment thought but that's kind of at the center of what we're teaching with everything whether it be nutrition uh, mental physical spiritual you have to you have to find that calm with all the noise with all the outside noise that's happening even in your own mind mm. what what advice would you give listeners on how to approach creating that in their own life um god that's a great question too i would say that it's something that you and i have discussed at in depth um being able to really narrow down what's important to you. Um, and then when you know those things and you're able to um, build a foundation around those, you know, few or several things that are important to you, then that's, that's you know, that has the ability to give you just a simple confidence in taking action around those things. And then you know, as you go through it, there's always going to be adversity or problems or situations, the new, the unknown, it's always going to pop up. And so if you are centered in having that foundation of what's the most important to you, then Mm. it's easier to remain calm because you're centered in, in what's important. Whereas if you're you know, just kind of acting off of a whim and what you think might be important for that day or for that relationship. And if it doesn't align with what your main focus is, what your foundation is, then mm. that's when I would say it's easier to get sidetracked, easier to feel that anxiety that everybody feels at times or that frustration or anger or some of those emotions and let them kind of take over you. I, I know that I've, I've dealt with it plenty. I mean, we talk about you know, how to, mm. how to kind of come through everything, especially on the You Can Too podcast. But, you know, everybody deals with all the negative things too. Everybody deals with those. For sure. Man, what, what you said is, is so spot on. And the way that I heard it, I experienced it, it's like when a person is first very clear on what is most important, so it's like clarity around the why right that that builds confidence in the individual and now with that confidence it's it makes it easier for a person to take action and to go about doing whatever it is that they intend to do right it's the clarity it's the intentionality and as we bring it back to the listener it's like Get very clear in your life on what's most important. Like you decide how many things you're going to pick, whether it's one, three, five, a hundred, like whatever. It's your life. You decide what's most important. Get very clear on that. And then from there, just start taking action. Take action. Build the confidence. And then like what Matt said, when the fear comes up or the anxiety comes up or the unknown is in front of you, it's cool because you've been doing this already. You've put in the work. You've taken the steps. You've done the meditation. You're grounded. 
in what's most important to you. So you are going to act with a sense of calmness. And I think that's amazing. And Matt, just how you said that, you, you know, you went through this and you're just starting to like realize this. I, I feel the same way. There were so many times like this podcast, for instance, like I wanted to do this like two years ago. And I just started doing it now because I've been getting more and more clear on my why and like, you know, my vision for the world and what I want to create. And bro, this is like a, an amazing medium to do that. But it took a lot of clarity and it took building up confidence and it took taking action. And it took honestly like a swift kick in the ass from like people close to me. And um, yeah, bro, it's amazing. I think that's something that all of us can do at a higher level and just really just approach everything with clarity, like get very, very clear on what it is that you want. And what I want to ask you, Matt, because I know you're experiencing so much clarity now, what, what is the clarity brought up for you? And especially in these quarantine coronavirus, COVID-19, ain't no toilet paper, nowhere. can't find grass fed beef. <laughs> times. From toilet paper to grass fed beef. Um, what's been what <laughs> what's been coming up for you it's uh that's that's an amazing topic to to discuss too um you know with having unlimited time um it allows naturally um you or i guess myself to be able to set boundaries and be able to set boundaries around those things that are important to me Whereas, you know, when the world is just open for me to run around like a madman, like I always have, I had a hard time and have had a hard time in the past decade resisting that. You know, I've always wanted to, I've always been clear that I wanted to help people. And I've always found a lot of joy in helping people. Um, but Danny, you know, even something that we were discussing a little earlier, um, I now realize that I've been more clear on my intent for others around me for a long time than I have than I've been more than I've been clear on my own intent. And I'll say that one more time because I didn't say it very very clear. I've been I've had more clarity in everybody around me and their intent and what my intent was for them to accomplish than I've had in my own intent, than, I, than clarity that I've had in my own intent. And that yeah. is one of mm. the more profound, I guess, kind of revelations in my life. And it literally has happened in the past week and a half. And I really don't do not mean to sound insensitive by that because I know that this time is, is hard and challenging for a lot of people, you know, and, I'm very lucky and privileged that, you know, my partner Deb and I and, and everybody that's been a part of the together ship, like we have been able to shift and go virtual and still basically maintain our school operation online. That's been a huge blessing. But even my wife, you know, her company is sure. I mean, they had to furlough a lot of their employees. There's there's a lot of companies and corporate corporations that are are crumbling right now and everything is shut down. So really, for me, having this time, I've been able to set boundaries around the, the few things that are important to me. And for me personally, I mean, it's, um, it's about five things. Uh, you and I discussed these the other day, but 
I mean, I have my wife. I have my loved ones and friends. I have the togethership, which for me, the togethership is not just the business. It's the community and it's the mission that go into the togethership, to be clear on that. The movement. It's a movement. Thank you. It's a movement. Um, and my number four, my, my pro career, which feels good to say on a podcast, on my, my boy's podcast. Um, I haven't been able to say that in my whole life. As a child growing up, I always wanted <laughs> to be a pro athlete. And, and then my home. My home is important to me, and I, I have not done a good job in the past few years, you know, being around uh, Sports Academy and different places and just bouncing around. Going back to the point, I mean, being more clear on everybody else's intent. So in this time, I'm very, very thankful that I know who's important, what's important, and the actions that I'm I'm taking around the most important things in my life. Man, one, I just want to thank you for being so open and vulnerable and being able to take us under the hood and really talk about those things because it's powerful. And I, I know I got a ton out of it. And just hearing you explain how you've always put, at least in the past, you've always put other people's intentions and goals ahead of your own intentions and goals and how bro I, I i literally just came to that realization for myself maybe maybe like maybe like three weeks ago when i finished this leadership development program that i was doing and it literally just dawned on me and it's so it's literally ironic because that's what i used to get most upset about my mom with that she would put everybody before herself and in my estimation that's a big reason how she died of an early age right not taking care of her own needs and boom fast forward i'm looking at myself and i thought i've transcended all that and i'm like oh shit look at me doing the exact same thing and it's it was great because it actually allowed more awareness to set in you know what i'm saying and now i'm really am putting myself first but not in a selfish way Right. I literally look at it as a selfless way. Like when I'm at my best and I show up as my best, well, shit, I'm going to be able to impact a ton of people at a high level. And it's a trickle down effect. And I know me and you have had this conversation before, but it's like, you know, the story I tell myself is that we were we were brought up and told that it wasn't good to speak highly of ourselves. It wasn't it wasn't good to try to shine. It wasn't good to, you know, celebrate your accomplishments because it was selfish. And fast forward, grow up, you know what I'm saying? All these adults, and really I'm just speaking for me. I imagine it's like this for others too. And you shared this for yourself. It's like, I wouldn't even want to celebrate myself ever. I wouldn't want to like hold myself in the highest of esteem and celebrate like Things that I would have never dreamed of doing, like being a, a director of a sports performance academy or training Michael Vick or Wes Welker or all these people I watched as a kid or helping dozens of kids go from high school to the college level and helping college kids go to the pros and pros go from undrafted to starter. Like, like I would literally just act like let it in one ear out the other, gloss over it, not celebrate it. 
And it really held me back in my impact. But now that I see it through the training, just like how you, you've seen it now, bro, I believe we're going to be able to step up so much more powerfully for the world. And our impact is going to be felt at an even higher level. And it's been felt at a high level. And it's going to be an even higher level. And what I want to invite everyone listening to do is really celebrate yourself and do it in a way where like you are truly taking pride in the process, in the journey, in everything that you've accomplished. Because if you don't celebrate it, you're going to make it so hard to find fulfillment in life. It just doesn't, it doesn't happen. And really, I'm just speaking for myself. Some of y'all might resonate with this. I know Matt does. But we get to celebrate ourselves at a high level. And when you take that time to celebrate yourself and really focus on you, put yourself first, make sure that your mask is on before you put on someone else's mask, you are going to increase the livelihood, the vibration, and the overall impact on others and yourself. So yeah, that was my little my little tangent right there. I kind of went in a little bit. Excuse me. <laughs> my no, my dog, like Matt, like I really appreciate this conversation and I know you have so much that you can offer and we're definitely going to bring you back on the show many, 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 many a times because you got so many gifts to share. But I want to know if there is one thing that you can leave everybody with one message that you that you want any and everybody to hear. What would that message be? God, I love that you just asked me that. I would say that remove, immediately remove unnecessary attachments. Um, Go right into the hardest self-evaluation that you've ever done. Like, go do it right now. You're listening to me say it and... I don't care if I've known you, if we're friends, if we've fallen out of a relationship and you're listening to this, it doesn't matter. Go do it. I can say with full confidence that I'm I'm doing that every day and I'm gaining clarity and purpose and my intent is becoming clearer in every moment and that I truly believe is why I have these extraordinary blessings and foundations of special things that are happening for me and the people that I love and the people around me. So that's the one thing. It's it's not even necessarily a, um, a thing. It's a challenge. I challenge every single person who listens to this to go look themselves in the mirror and remember, you can too. <laughs> Ooh! I'm plug sorry, alert! Plug I'm alert! Sorry. Plug I, alert! <laughs> I, I got a little excited there. No, I love that. Whoa! Oh, I feel you. I got I got big hype off of that, man. I think that's so important. Like I'm gonna do that challenge right when we get off of this. Is I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna look myself in the mirror. I'm gonna search within, and I'm just gonna check in with myself and and see what's up and and hold myself high, hold myself accountable, and see what comes up and let myself grow out of that space. Well, Danny, thank you. Honestly, thank you for being friends, first and foremost, uh, for challenging me, 
for giving me opportunities to grow through your challenges. And I really appreciate your time. I also should note that I really appreciate you leading a Togethership workout this morning. I know that all the kids loved it. I loved it. Devin loved it. Leah loved it. It was great. And we look forward to having you back with us there on that platform. And just thank you, man. Thank you. I I really appreciate your time and and being able to do this. This is my first podcast, so I'm sure that maybe I sound a bit redundant answering some of your questions, but (laughs) I enjoyed myself, so thank you. Hey, I appreciate all the love. I appreciate all the words of affirmation, all the accolades. Um, It's absolutely my pleasure having you on the podcast, being your friend, being able to help out the kids. And bro, I think you rocked your first podcast. I hope this inspires you to get on many more because you have a powerful story that matters. You matter, my brother. I appreciate you. And where can people find you online if they want to check you out a little more? Uh you can go to at the underscore togethership and you can go to www.thetogethership.com. And also, I guess while I'm Ooh, plugging, what about Matt, Matt EK personal joint? What oh, else? Okay. Um, can the can the people see Matthew that Matthew O O Davis K O. So M A T T H E W O O. Davis KO. If you want the explanation on that, we have to I become friends first. There you go. Well, I know my boy's always up to having a conversation, so y'all make sure you ask him why he got that long ass name. <laughs> <laughs> Be easy, my brother. Appreciate your time. Peace, my man. brother. Salam alaikum. Bless up. Yeah. I hope you all enjoyed the show. It would mean the world to me if you. Leave a review, five stars, drop a comment, let me know what you think about the show, and I hope everyone's keeping their mind right, keeping their hearts open during these hard times. We will get through this. I love you. Let's keep working. You can too.